0: Hey everyone, welcome to UFP, the Ultimate Fighting Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Henson. Today we're going to get into UFC Fight Night Prague that happened over the this weekend on Saturday. And then we're going to get into some really hot topics this week in UFC. Got some just crazy stuff going on in the UFC this week. And then we're going to talk about UFC 235 for a little bit so for fight night Prague that happened saturday i haven't watched it yet i'm probably gonna watch it on fight pass later but i did look up some of the results i already heard a bunch about it because i keep up a little bit more with ufc than i probably should at times but we're going to go ahead and I'll give you the results of the main card and we're going to talk about a little bit of news related to UFC Fight Night Prague and some things that happened there. So the main card started off with a light heavyweight bout between Magomed and versus Klitsen Farias de Abru. Magomed picked up a decision victory after three rounds and He's actually the guy I picked, so so far I've gotten one. And then they had a bantamweight bout between John Dodson and Peter Yawn. I chose John Dodson on this one, and I was wrong. Peter Yawn picked up a decision victory. Next, we had a women's flyweight bout between Liz Carmouche and Lucy Pudelova. Lucy Pudulova picked up... Or no, no, Liz Karmuch. Sorry, Liz Karmuch picked up a decision victory. I predicted Pudulova. So, so far, I'm one for three. Then we had a light heavyweight bout between Gian Valante and Mikhail Alexijek. And Mikhail Alexijek picked up a KO victory... And in round one, one minute and 34 seconds in. I picked uh, Gion to win this. One for four. Then for the co-main event, we had a heavyweight bout between Stefan Struve and Marcos Rogario de Lima. Stefan Struve ended up picking up a submission victory in the second round, 2 minutes and 21 seconds in. I heard a little bit about this fight. It sounded like... um, sounded like Marcos was winning and was doing a lot of damage. And Stefan Struve ended up pulling out the submission victory. Just kind of... Out of nowhere. So after the fight, Stefan Struve announced his retirement. He said it's not necessarily an official retirement. It, well, it's kind of an official retirement at the age of thirty-one, but it's possible that he will come back. So you know, we'll see. Um, this isn't as sad as other retirements that have were announced earlier this week, but still, Stefan Struve has been around in UFC for quite some time now. Um, he's had f- like forty, yeah, he's had forty MMA fights. He retires with a record of twenty nine and eleven, and. If you watch UFC, it's pretty hard not to know who Stefan Struve is because he's the tallest UFC fighter. And, you know, he's lost, prior to this one, he lost his last three. He's fought the likes of Andre Arlovsky, Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira, Overeen, Mark Hunt, Stipe, Pat Berry, Travis Brown. Roy Nelson, uh, JDS, he's fought a lot of the top of the top as far as heavyweights go. And so for him to go out after 40 fights, you know, it's at such a young age, it's understandable for how much he has put on himself. And to go out with a victory is always nice. Um, Stefan, I wish you the best of luck in your retirement, and I hope things go well for you. For our main event, we had a light heavyweight bout between John Blokowicz and Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos picked up a KO victory 39 seconds into the third round. So, so far, for the for the whole event, my picks, I'm um, three for six. Not my best night on picks. The performance of the night victories, which were all $50,000 bonuses, go out to Tiago Santos, Stefan Struve, Mikhail Jack, and Dwight Grant. Okay, so we're going to jump into some hot topics of the week now. One of the biggest hot topics is the retirement of one of the greatest of all time, George St. Pierre. GSP has had an absolutely Amazing career. He has so many accomplishments in UFC, um, a lot of which still have not been broken, even though I'm, you know, many fighters have tried. It comes at kind of a sad news, even though we saw what was sort of a GSP retirement five, almost five years ago, and. It's still sad to hear the actual words, retirement, come from a guy who's 37 years old and who's had one of the most impactful careers on the sport. He's brought in so many fans and made so many lifelong fans out of a lot of people and were so many people's first favorite fighter. GSP walked out of the UFC having been the a middleweight champion one time, a welterweight champion twice, an interim welterweight champion once, four fight of the nights, a knockout of the night, submission of the night, performance of the night, and having the most he had the most wins in UFC title fights. Um And the third most consecutive title defenses in UFC history. The f- he was the fourth multi-divisional champion in UFC history. He has the most wins by decision in UFC history with 12. Most takedowns in UFC history with 90. And the most successful title defenses in the UFC welterweight division with nine and most consecutive title defenses in the UFC welterweight division with nine and that's only the accolades he has gotten from the UFC he has so many more from so many different publications that cover MMA He's gone on an absolute tear. He's fought some of the absolute best in, in UFC history. Fighting Matt Hughes, Matt Sarah, John Fitch, BJ Penn, Josh Koscheck, um, Frank Trigg, Jason Miller... Tiago Alves, Dan Hardy, Jake Shields, Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz, Michael Bisping, Johnny Hendricks. Having a remarkable career on this sport and leaving such an immense accomplishments behind him in the UFC. He has officially retired earlier this week. On Thursday, it's kind of a sad, it, it was a sad day for UFC fans to have one of the greatest of all time retire with probably one of the best legacies in the sport. It's, it's sad, and unfortunately, it's only the beginning for this year. As we're most likely going to see Daniel Cormier and Anderson Silva also retire this year, and to watch three of the greatest th- that the UFC has seen retire is—it's going to really change the sport. And we're gonna—we're gonna miss you, GSP. You. You were a phenomenal fighter, one of the most dominant champions the UFC has ever seen, and will always be in the discussion for greatest of all time. And many people try to dispute that just because they don't understand the ground game. And that's unfortunate for those people because... GSP was an absolute master all-around, one of the most well-rounded fighters to walk in the Octagon. And GSP himself doesn't exactly like watching the ground game, but you still have to admit, he's one of the best. Even though he gives that accomplishment to um, Mighty Mouse... Now, he did say that he, did, he didn't He did want, prior to this, he put a lot of thought into this, and he was trying not to retire because he wanted to get one more fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov before he retired. But that that did not happen, and so his retirement was going to be official, unless he could get the fight with Khabib. <laughs> Um, and that would probably probably be one of the best-selling pay-per-views in UFC history. May not be the best, but it'll be definitely one of. Um, and it will probably get booed out of the building because people hate wrestling and grappling in UFC. And there's some good odds that that's going to go that way, because, well, that's what happens. <laughs> When you have two of the mo- the best grapplers step in there together. So next we have a couple of interim belts that they announced this week. That are going to be determined who these interim champions are going to be at UFC 236. So first they we have what's going to be the main event, the Interim Lightweight Championship. This bout will be between Max Holloway, current uh, featherweight champion, and Dustin Poye. I didn't take this news very, very well. Um, I'm still not happy about this news, actually. For, well, several reasons, and I feel like they somewhat kind of got what I was thinking as far as not stripping Khabib. But at the same time, if Tony's not going to be in this fight, then this fight shouldn't happen. Tony is the number one contender, without a doubt. He should be the number one contender. He has beyond earned the title shot. That we have sat here and just, nope, you're not getting it yet, you're not getting it yet, you're not getting it yet. And it's wrong. Um, and this fight shouldn't happen because an interim belt is to determine who a number one contender is in the absence of the champion. Now the champion's only gonna be out six months. You know, he'll be back later this year. This fight is solely for marketing and solely so they can have a main event at 236. Do Holloway and Poirier deserve a shot at Khabib more than Ferguson? No. Um, I love both guys. I love all three guys, but matter of the fact is Nobody deserves that title shot more than Tony Ferguson. And even after this fight between Holloway and Dustin Poirier, nobody deserves that title shot more than Tony Ferguson. I don't understand this fight. I don't understand why this fight is happening. I understand that they asked Tony. So they asked Tony first if he would want to fight Holloway for the interim strap. Tony said, "No. You know, that's not worth it to me." And he made a post about it, and somehow people interpreted this post differently in a way that he wanted more money. I think it's more of Tony was the interim champion before and then he got stripped of it, and then he got put back behind Conor McGregor, a guy who didn't deserve a title shot. And then he didn't get a title shot given to him. He was given an interim title shot, which at this point, an interim title means nothing. But that in the record books, you had an interim title means nothing. How many times now? Have we had the interim champion and the champion fight each other? How many times now have you know we actually done something with the interim title that meant something? Or how many times did we just take an interim title and say, Okay, we need an interim champion here. And how many times have we stripped interim champions now? Ferguson was one of those guys. Why is he going to want to be an interim champion just so he can be stripped again? Instead of fighting for the actual title. That's what... Um, I'm almost certain that's what Ferguson meant when he said that it wasn't up to par for... You know, that's not, it wasn't good enough for him. It was because it was for an interim title. That means nothing. Instead of being for the title with Khabib. And I, I get that thought process by Ferguson. I think if you're going to give... Interim title fights out, then fighters, Ferguson and other fighters need to start getting smart enough to where in the contract for that fight, it says, okay, if I win the interim title, I am guaranteed a title shot. Because you're not guaranteed a title shot if you win that. You know, unless it's in your contract, which it doesn't seem to be in their contracts. You're not guaranteed a title shot with the interim championship. So I think fighters need to start focusing on that. You know, Ferguson should have just said, okay, well, if you're going to bring me, give me this interim title opportunity with Holloway, you need to write that contract that when I beat Holloway, I get to fight Khabib and you won't strip me. Unless XXX being, you know, I was out, you know, over a year or something. You know, something that makes sense here. Because so far what they have done with Tony does not make sense. And it's wrong. And uh, I have a problem with this main event. I have a problem with it. Neither of these guys are named Ferguson. This fight is for an interim title, which is basically a number one contendership. And now what? Now what are we going to do with Ferguson? We're going to have another division where we don't know who the true number one contender is. Ferguson should be next, is the bottom line. Now the co-main event on this is going to be for another Interim title. We're just showing how well we're going to hand out interim titles that night. Now this one makes sense because Dana created himself a problem here. This one is for the interim middleweight championship. Well, it makes sense and it doesn't make sense, but we'll get to that. This is for the interim middleweight championship between Kelvin Gastelum and Israel Adesanya. Now it doesn't make sense because they don't need an interim championship in this. Whitaker is expected to be out four to eight weeks. That is one to two months. And then, you know, from there, and that one to two months is basically rehab and you know, resting and taking care of yourself to come back from this hernia. And then from there, you know, do an eight to 12 week fight camp. That's four or five months. And we could have a middleweight champion. So therefore you don't need an interim title. And a lot of people are going to say, well, Whitaker hasn't defended the belt. That was somewhat on him, but somewhat not. Keep in mind, when Whitaker got the belt, he was injured. And then he fought Romero. And then when he fought Romero, it was going to be his first title defense. But Romero missed weight. And so it wasn't a title defense. So you got to look at some of these other factors in this situation. I don't, you know... The only thing about this that makes sense is it determines out of these two who should be fighting Whitaker because Dana made this problem himself when he had, you know, Gaslam scheduled to fight Whitaker, which means Gaslam is the number one contender. And then he told Silva and Arasanya whoever wins this is the number one contender. And then all of a sudden he has two number one contenders. So in this situation... It somewhat makes sense because it sounds kind of funny to say, okay, we're going to have the number one contender and the number one contender fight each other to determine who the number one contender is. But at the same time, that would make sense. Bring back number one contender fights. It'd make a lot more sense and it'd take away this terrible marketing ploy that you have tried to attempt with interim belts. that has essentially just devalued the interim championships so drastically and it's it has significantly damaged them significantly and having an interim lightweight title where you don't have the number one contender for the lightweight championship in the fight devalues the interim title it doesn't make sense. <laughs> have Holloway and Poirier fight. Sure. It'd be a phenomenal fight. People would love to see that. But it doesn't need to be for an interim lightweight belt. Just schedule Khabib versus Ferguson. Announce that you have Khabib versus Ferguson scheduled in October or November. And then your problem is solved. <laughs> maybe it's harder than i think it is but it doesn't seem that hard and when you have 10 months to work it like 8 to 10 months to work it out i don't think it's that big of an issue and i'm sure we will be talking more about interim championships on this podcast and how terrible of an idea and how terrible of a marketing ploy they have become so, we're going to leave it at that for today and just move on. I do think UFC 236 will be a good pay-per-view, though, with those fights. I just I don't like the interim title part. Okay, so earlier this week, women's strawweight Mackenzie Dern announced her pregnancy. So, she's going to be out of action for at least nine months. as. Well, she's pregnant, and yeah, (laughs) a little little hard to do fighting with that. Um, Congratulations, Mackenzie. You'll be missed, Uh, but congratulations. There's no better joy in the world than having a kid, and it's magical. So Let's go ahead and jump into... Our next topic, a little bit less, a little bit more lighthearted. If you have not seen a picture of Roy Nelson from this week, do yourself a favor, go Google it now, because you will not recognize him, Roy Nelson, right now. Walk in and tell you know Bellator, UFC, whoever that he's a um. Joe Smith, and basically start his whole MMA career over, he cut his beard, and he does not look anything like he did before. He cut his beard. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was scrolling through Facebook when I saw this and i just saw this picture of you know roy nelson without a beard i've never seen roy nelson without a beard i'm just like what what does this have to do with mma as i was as it was in public, posted in an mma fan page and then i started looking more at it i was like oh what that's roy nelson go look up this picture go look up this picture You will be astonished. And after you look it up, go to her Facebook page or Twitter and let me know what you think of this picture. Because it is crazy. They are two different people. And I, I understand I look like two different people when I cut my beard. But these two people look absolutely nothing alike. And when I cut my beard, there's at least some similarities. Roy Nelson without a beard and Roy Nelson with a beard are two completely different people. Okay, So one championship announced their bracket for their flyweight Grand Prix. This is going to... Um, Demetrius Johnson will be in this flyweight Grand Prix and he will have his first fight at one championship during this Grand Prix. There's... Um, Four fights in the first bracket and eight fighters in the tournament. Yeah, eight fighters in the tournament. i double check my math here. It's going to be at one, a new era on March 31st. Um, I'm going to have to, I don't know how to get one championship event yet. I'll get back to you with that information later. I'm going to have to figure out how to get that one because I always love seeing Mighty Mouse fight. He's an absolute phenomenal fighter. One of the greatest for sure. And he still has so much more time in his career to build that legacy up even further. So that's all I've got right now for hot topics and news in the UFC. Oh, oh we got one more. Um, it's kind of amusing and kind of not at the same time. So there was an article written earlier this week. Uh, it wasn't put on ESPN. It was put on some other MMA, MMA website by some some um, journalists. I don't remember who. John Jones passed his first VADA test. Let that sink in for a minute. We wrote, we had an article written and published about John Jones passing a drug test. It's a little sad. A little sad. So with that, we're going to go ahead and talk about UFC 235 and give some predictions. This is an absolute stacked card. Um... I don't foresee the UFC being able to top this card this year because this is such a good card with so many good fights and so many big names. Um, I didn't write the early prelims. I, I didn't write the early prelims names down, but the, the early prelims are going to be on Fight Pass this time. So if you're like me one of and you're one of those people that thought, Wait, what about Fight Pass? Whenever they announce this ESPN, an ESPN Plus thing, now you know on Fight Pass. And then the prelim, the regular prelims are going to be on ESPN. They're going to start off with a welterweight bout between Diego Sanchez and Mickey Gall. Now. I really, really wanted to pick Mick, uh, Diego Sanchez in this, but I just can't. Diego Sanchez has been kind of back and forth in the last few years of his career. and Mickey Gall is this you know this young prospect that is just trying to get to the top. Uh, I'm predicting Mickey Gall to pick up the victory but if diego sanchez wins i'm not going to be upset i'm not going to be upset about that uh, i love watching diego sanchez fight and just one of my you know most memorable time, uh, most memorable times from like my early years of watching was watching ufc 107 at the arena and watching Diego Sanchez fight BJ Penn. And Diego Sanchez was an absolute warrior. He had this huge gash above his right eye. It was just, it was an absolutely crazy night. And we're all the way at UFC 235. Which is a long time since then. Um, and. He's, his career has definitely gone an in interesting way since then. So I, I you know, not going to be disappointed with Diego Sanchez picking up the victory. But I'm I'm going with Mickey Gall on this one. Then we have a bantamweight bout between Cody Stammen and Alejandro Perez. I'm going with Cody Stammen on this one. Then we have a light heavyweight bout. With Misha, Misha Sirkunov and Johnny Walker. So yeah, I'm going to jump on the hype train with this one. And I'm going to go with Johnny Walker. He's a fairly skilled fighter. And I think he's going to be here to to impress. And this is a pretty quick come uh, comeback. Getting back into the octagon then our last fight on the prelims is a featherweight bout between Jeremy Stevens and Zabit Magomedsharipov. I feel kind of bad for Jeremy Stevens on this one cuz I think Zabit's just going to beat him and it's going to be one-sided. And I love Jeremy Stevens, but I've got Zabit on this all the way. Now, here's where things really, really get heated. The main card, we start off with a Bantamweight bout between Cody Garbrandt and Pedro Munoz. I really wish I could, you know, pick Pedro on this one. But I'm going with Cody Garbrandt on this one. And the problem that I foresee with this is when Cody, well, actually Marais should be next. So then I guess you could have Cody versus Henry. I, I think that would be a good fight. But I love Pedro Munoz. Um, I've been watching his career for a long time. But uh, I, I've got Cody on this one. Then we have a women's strawweight bout between Tisha Torres and Will uh, Wiley Zhang. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I'm not as good with those names. That are kind of a little different than here. <laughs> uh, I've got Tisha on this one. Um, I, I'm just picking with my heart on this one. <laughs> And then we have a welterweight bout that presents a debut of Ben Askren fighting Robbie Lawler. And I have flopped back and forth on this fight about 20 times and I still don't know who I'm actually going with. I'm going to say Ben Askren for now, but... It's possible that the night of the fights, I'm going Robbie Lawler. I think it's going to be a darn good fight, or that we're not going to be disappointed with that one. In the co-main event, we have a welterweight title fight between champion Tyrone Woodley and Kamara Usman. I think Kamara is a phenomenal fighter, and he absolutely deserves a title shot. But I think Woodley takes this one. You know, the the division is absolutely stacked in a killer, killer division. It's possible Kamara could pull something out. But I think Woodley takes this night. I I just... Woodley has been an absolute stellar champion. And I don't think Kamara is going to be the one to take it away from him. Then our main event. We have a light heavyweight fight. For the light heavyweight title. Between John Bones Jones. And Anthony Lionheart Smith. Now this is going to surprise you all. I'm going with Anthony Smith on this one. I like to root for an underdog. And I don't think... I don't think John Jones is quite mentally and physically back yet. When John Jones and Gus fought each other at 232, they both looked like they had ring rust. It, you know, it it didn't look like stellar performances by either fighter. And eventually there's going to be a guy that to- topples John Jones, and I think Anthony Smith could be that guy. Anthony Smith significantly takes away that, significantly takes away a huge portion of that reach advantage John Jones frequently has, and Anthony Smith, from what I saw in the last fight Gus had, Anthony Smith has a better ground game and better stand up. I think this is going to. I'm going with Anthony Smith on this one. But I could see John Jones pulling out another victory. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. And at this point, you know, I also foresee another failed test in between now and then. And for those that are wondering if he fails the test, it kind of doesn't matter. He's still going to fight unless it's like 200 picograms or something he's still going to fight. They're still going to allow it. So, you're you're just going to have to jump on the train of okay. Whatever, it's not going to change anything. You know. So, you just got to deal with it and Yeah, that's about as all as you can do with it and hope <laughs> that maybe someone comes along and beats him, but he's still going to fight. So, Next week, tune in, listen on March 3rd for the UFC 235 and review episode where we look back at all of these amazing fights and talk about those. And then also listen in because March 3rd, we are going to be dropping our first episode of our legacy series for the podcast where we take a look back at a fighter's legacy in the sport and all other fights that they have had up to to now. And any failed test or anything that correlates and relates to their history in UFC. And our first episode is going to be on none other than John Bones Jones. So tune in and listen to that next uh, Sunday. And I don't know what the next Legacy Series one after that will be yet. It's Good possibility it's going to be on George St. Pierre. Um, it's possible it'll be on someone else. Um, aiming for George St. Pierre now, right now, unless the possibility of Silva or DC retiring soon kind of gets close. We'll try and time those. So for now, we're going to go with George St. Pierre. Um, follow. Follow us on Facebook at UFP Ultimate Fight, Fighting Podcasts and join the Facebook group. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Give us some feedback. Give us a review. And, you know, let us know what questions or topics you want talked about. And just join so you can get more information and the, the latest news without bias and as much research as there can be. And eventually... I don't know when yet, but we'll eventually we're going to talk about a lot of other hot topics from previous years where still huge debates. And we're going to take a look at why it's huge debates and give you factual information about it. And then you can still decide whether you pick the wrong side, the right side, the middle side, whatever. Um, and follow us at UFP at UFP2019 on Twitter, um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just find us at UFP Ultimate Fighting Podcast. Like, subscribe, give us a review, rate, give us a thumbs down, give us something to let us know how we're doing and let us know what we can do. Um, Y'all will hear from me next Sunday. Thank you all for listening. This is Ultimate Fighting Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Henson. See you all next Sunday. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording,